the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we come to the second Sunday before Lent, and it's about uh, the judgment seat. And it always is a disconcerting a bit uh, gospel text because, you know, we've, we've passed hungry people. We've not given drink to the thirsty. We've not uh, welcomed the stranger. We've not clothed the naked. We've not cared for the sick or visited those in prison. So it always kind of shakes us a bit. You know, why, Lord, don't, don't judge me against my shortcomings. Please be merciful to me. Be merciful to me. So this text also can be taken a bit uh, about ourselves. Did I clothe, did I feed my hungry soul with goodness and righteousness? Did I drink the waters of holiness in my life? Am I a stranger to God? Did I make myself not a stranger to God? Did I clothe my body with the clothes of goodness and righteousness? When I'm sick with sin, did I repent? And when I found myself trapped in the passions, did I beg God and go to help and get help for that? So we could take this in many, many ways. Uh, I think we have to be a little careful of kind of seeing this as a checklist. Okay, God, I fed the hungry, I gave drink to the thirsty, I visited the stranger, I clothed the naked, I cared for the sick, and I visited those in prison. Okay, I'm in, right? Okay, good. That's only one, two, three, four, five, six things. I'm in. There's something else here that's most, most important to understand, and it's about love. Because our judgment really is, did I accept the love of God and did I live by that love? Or did I reject that love of God and live according to the, myself and my own will and my own desires? That's the judgment here. Because if I lived according to God's will and his love for me and I accepted that love and I lived in that love and I practiced that love, guess what I would do? I would feed the hungry. I would give drink to the thirsty. I would visit the stranger. I would clothe the naked. I would help the sick. And I would visit those in prison. That would just come naturally to me out of love. That's what love does. That's what love is. It's about the other person, about stretching us out there. So I think we have to look at that first. Not the checklist, but first. So first, we need to look at God's loving us. We need to meditate on this and, and chew on it a bit. Who is God? What's he done for me? He became man in, this con in my poor condition for me. He lived this life for me. He taught things about 
the holy life for me. He suffered for me. He was crucified for me. He died for me. He rose again for me. He ascended into heaven for me. And he allowed me to partake of this glorified humanity that it sits at the right hand of the Father through baptism, and I feast on his life in Holy Communion. Ah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Think about that. That should just lift us. Every time we think about that, lift us. What has he done for me? Who is this God who loves me in spite of my weaknesses and sins? I remember Father Hopko giving a homily about the love of God, and he said, I remember he kind of stepped out here like this, and he goes, God's love is ruthless. <laughs> ruthless. Love that word about the love of God. It just, he keeps coming. You can reject it. Guess what happens? He keeps coming. You reject it again. He keeps coming. You sin and you turn back on him. Guess what happens? He keeps coming. That's our God, beloved. That's our God. We need to contemplate that. We need to live in that. We need to, we need to chew on that. It's so, so important to us. And then we need to thank him and think about the things he's done for us um, to help us in these ways. To what, what's he done? You know, I, um, I told this story last night. I'll tell it again in Becoming Orthodox. We were so blessed to be guided by the great, our great fathers, Father John Braun, who's here today, the last of the, the, last of the five. Father John, Father Richard, Father Peter, Father Gordon, and Father Jack. I thought it would be really neat for you. I thought today, I said, you know, when you, we were standing up here, we're his children. So you saw your, you see your children serving at the altar. I, I felt like, you know, he's probably sitting there smiling, <laughs> going, these are my children. We're honored to be your, have you as our father, Father John, honored. So becoming Orthodox, um, we were at St. Nick's Cathedral, and we had, I don't know what, probably 30 or 40 ordinations and chrismations and all kinds of things going on. Matins started like at 8 o'clock. Liturgy was like three hours. All the ordinations, we were there forever. And my beloved Kevin uh, was about four years old, and my dad was at this service. And uh, it just went on and on and on. And, of course, my father wasn't orthodox and didn't really understand anything, so he had no idea what it was going to end, you know. So it was like, uh, so Kevin's sleeping on his lap, and Kevin looks up, and it's still going on, you know. It's like a little four-year-old's going, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to be here forever. So he asked my dad, he says, he says Grandpa, when's it going to end? And he said, I think about Tuesday. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, mwah. So, 
all these things that God has done to it for us, this, this church building, it's a miracle that there's an Orthodox church on this site, on agricultural land in Goleta, California. And we have permission to build a temple and another building. So where's the money? <laughs> Little advertisement. Remember somebody saying, we actually have all the money that we need to build the temple. The trouble is, it's in your wallet. No, so we hear these words from St. Paul in Ephesians, and it always kind of just rises, helps me rise up. To him is able to exceedingly abundantly do above all that we ask or think. To him be glory in the church, exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ever ask or think. That's how God blesses us. We get anxious about stuff right here, right? We're anxious all the time. But he's out, he's out in front of us all the time with his eye, blessing us, raising us. And I thought about this because this issue of love, I want to talk a little bit about that. When it says, to him be glory in the church. And uh, I'm going to ask you to indulge me a bit uh, because I want to talk about Love, because I think that's kind of the place where we need to go to fulfill the Lord's work on this earth, in our life, the love of God. So when I think about the love of God, I always think about those verses in 1 Corinthians 13, and it ends this way, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Our family has been in a very difficult circumstance for the last 16 months, as you may imagine. For those that don't know, my son battled cancer for 16 months, and this last Wednesday he passed uh, to the gates of paradise. So, um, but what, what, what surrounded this and continues to surround this event? And I thought about this because I was going to begin to speak about how impressed I've been how Angel and Kevin have fought this fight. But then I thought, you know, it wasn't just their love for each other. It wasn't just their love. It was the love of the family. It was the love and loving prayers of all of you and many, many more people. It was the love of God himself that came into this midst. Because looking at circumstances that are difficult, how do you bear all things? How do you believe all things? How do you hope all things? How do you endure all things? How do you do that? Love. The love of God. The love of friends the love of family, the love of the church, the love of the saints, the love of the angels. All of that is there for us, beloved. I, I am so now encouraging you to embrace 
Go beyond yourself. You need other people to love you. You need other people to pray lovingly for you. You need to be in a church community that loves you and that surrounds you so when something that difficult shows up, you can be loved. And you can bear all things. You can endure all things. You can hope all things. You can believe all things. That is the only way it's going to happen. If you try to do it on your own, you're out there by yourself. It is a disaster waiting to happen. You need the community of the church. You need your friends. You need your family. I remember when Kevin was first diagnosed, forgive me, please, but I, I'm kind of on a roll here. <laughs> I need to get some of this out. When Kevin was first diagnosed, they asked him, uh, asked Angel and him, uh, do you have a strong support system? <laughs> and yeah, and it's been awesome. And it still maintains awesomeness to me. So how do we bear all things? Looking at each of these things, I'll try to be quick in this. How do we bear all things? You have to step into it. You don't fight away from pain and difficulty many times. We don't want it to come, but when it's there, you need to lean a bit into it. You need to step into it, but guess, guess who's in the middle of that? The Lord. That's where the Lord is. He suffered those pains, so that when you get the pain, you step into his that pain of his, that suffering, you, in, you suffer with him. He suffers with you. And somehow something beautiful shows up in there. In that, in that bearing it in Christ, bearing it in love, something grows in you that could never grow apart from that. Uh, a love, a, a, thanks, a thankful heart. So when stuff comes along in love and with support of God and others, you need to lean into your difficulties. Believe all things. All things work for good for those that love God. And watching this and being a part of this, there has been so much good. So much good. And I, I just, it's, it's what I like to chew on. You know, you can chew on the despair over here, or you can chew on the good. I like to chew on the good. All those things that have happened. Reconnection with people, family support, God's love, the love of, uh, of, of Angel for Kevin, Kevin for Angel, watching all that happen. The love of parents, the love of friends, the love of the church, the support. What goodness comes out of this stuff? We can believe that God is good because we see the goodness that happens around stuff like this. Love hopes all things. It doesn't despair. It's so interesting to me that because of the love of God, the love of the saints, the love of all of you and all these prayers, I never saw despair. We were upset and despairing at times, but despair didn't get in there. 
because of the love of God, because of the love of friends. So this love allows us to lift above. There's a beautiful prayer to the mother of God that says, raise me above this world's confusion. Love raises us up above that. The love of God raises above the confusion of the world, the confusion of our, our circumstances, and allows us to hope in him, in better things ahead. It endures all things. We, we end in Romans chapter 8, St. Paul says, we are more than conquerors. We just don't endure a circumstance. We come out better on the other side of the circumstance. We come out more virtuous. We come out more patient. We come out with an understanding and ability to suffer long. We have an ability to love. We have an ability to be kindly. All of that happens in this life that we have, that we live in, where God's love penetrates us, where the love of the community penetrates us. All these things are important to us. So we bear all things, believes all things, love hopes all things, love endure all things. But love can't do one thing. You know the one thing love can't do? You know what can't do? It can't fail. It can't fail. Love cannot fail. The love of God does not fail. And that's what I see in this. I see that that love of each other, the love of God, the love of the saints, the prayers, the loving prayers of everybody has not allowed failure to occur. Love can't do one thing, and that's fail. Beloved, I want to end with this, because I think it's just so pertinent. St. Paul, to the Romans, Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Guarded always by them, might we may ascribe glory unto thee, to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. No one is bound with the desires and the pleasures of the flesh as worthy to approach or draw nigh to serve thee, O King of glory, 
that to serve thee is a great and a fearful thing, even to the heavenly powers. Nevertheless, through thine unspeakable and boundless love toward mankind, thou hast become man, yet without change or alteration, and as master of all, to take the name of a high priest, to deliver unto us the ministry of this liturgic and bloodless sacrifice. For thou alone, O Lord our God, rulest of all things in heaven and on earth, were born of the throne of the cherubim, were the Lord of the seraphim, and the King of Israel, who alone art holy, and rests us in the holy place. Wherefore I implore thee, O Lord, art good and ready to listen. Look down upon me, the sinner, and thine unprofitable servant, and cleanse my soul and my heart from the evil conscience, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, enable me, endued with the grace of the priesthood, to stand before this the holy table, and perform the sacred mystery of the holy and immaculate body and precious blood. For I draw near unto thee, and by my neck I pray thee, turn not thy face from me, neither cast me out from among thy servants. But thou saith that these gifts may be offered thee by me, thy sinful and unworthy servant, for thou thyself art he that offereth and is offered, that accepteth and is distributed, O Christ our God. To thee we ascribe glory together with an unoriginate Father, and all holy and good and life-giving Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages.